Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I'm an 18-year-old girl for anonymity sake. I'm not going to disclose my name or where I'm from, but I'm going to describe myself and my ex-boyfriend a bit and he's a 23-year-old, six-foot, indigenous man. We met on the dating app Tinder around the summer of 2021, and we didn't really talk much until September. We both expressed a bit of interest in each other, and he seemed pretty normal at the time. No red flags and such. We went on a date sometime in September, and he lived in another town, so he drove to me. We talked for a bit, and at random times, he would just start crying and telling me about how great his ex-girlfriend was, and also how he mistreated her. Red flag number one. I really tried to comfort him, but he was inconsolable. We eventually went to an empty parking lot, and he started crying again. Punching a steering wheel, loud crying, etc. Red flag number two. At another time, when he was crying, I asked if he was okay, and he shifted really quickly, and then told me, I'm fine. Us psychopaths can change our emotions quickly. Red flag number three. I thought nothing of it though, and I just took it as a joke. Sometime in October, we started dating once again, but we both lived in separate towns, so it was long distance. Throughout the relationship, almost daily he would call me crying to me about his ex-girlfriend and how much he missed her, and asking me what he should do to get her to talk to him again. I had comforted him each time and I told him that he wasn't a terrible person and that she probably still cares about him. During these moments, sometimes he would punch things which led to him bleeding, screaming, and throwing stuff. Once again, I ignored the red flags thinking he would change. I had really tried many times to get him some help, but he was reluctant. He would always threaten to kill himself in many different ways and I would talk him out of it each time. I didn't know his address but I would contact the suicide hotline for advice. Sometime later that month, we went on a second date, and we decided to go to his house, which was about three hours away. While I was in the shower, he had called me multiple times, and I called him back when I got out. Sorry, I was in the shower. Is everything okay? I don't care. You pick up your fucking phone when we're making plans, especially this one. I was taken aback and it made me really upset, but I felt kind of bad for not picking up and I decided to just hang out with him. His house was really messy to say the least. He had old lasagna in his bathroom, dog and cat shit all over the place, and he also had blood on his pillow from when he punched the glass. I was horrified. Our relationship only went downhill from there. At one point, he missed his ex-girlfriend so much he decided to drive in front of her house to see if she was still there. He called me in tears about this, and I told him that she just might not have been home and that she was probably at work or school. Anytime that I would stand up for myself or try and speak out, he would always yell at me. And when I tried de-escalating the situation, he would get more and more angry. And if I hung up, he would call me back multiple times. If I did one small thing that bothered him, he would scrutinize me for it. He would also constantly compare me to his ex-girlfriend, then deny it any time I mentioned it. He would say things like, I really wish I was talking to her. She could talk about really deep things. Randomly during the conversation, any chance he had, he would constantly remind me that she was his soulmate and that she was the one he wanted to be with in the end. I broke up with him shortly after for so many reasons and I really regretted it at the time and I begged him to take me back. In hindsight, I'm very glad that I did. We continued to be friends and he would go on and on about the same things and I started sticking up for myself more and he would send me audio messages on Snapchat yelling at me. Anytime I tried to console him or tried to help him, he would still yell at me. I tried cutting him off multiple times but he would just draw me back in saying things like, You're the only thing that's keeping me going. You really need to work on your timing. So I stayed. 
what I thought would be the final straw happened during an argument we had. I was talking about how I feel about the way he treats me, and he would say back, I don't think I treat you as badly as you think. At some point I started crying, and in response, he actually said that I was manipulating him by crying, and that I can't use my lady tears to get to him. Another time I said, You're letting your anger do the talking, and I'm letting my sadness do the talking, and we really shouldn't do that. And in response, he actually said back, You know what? Fuck you. I love you, but fuck you. And he never apologized. Other times he would randomly stop talking on the phone and then hang up and get angry because I said something that upset him. Yet, he would never even tell me what it was. And very recently, he started shifting the narrative that his ex-girlfriend was abusive. Ironic that he would say this after she told him there was no chance of them ever getting back together. I then cut him off shortly after when he told me he wasn't in the mood for any of my bullshit and I blocked him. There's honestly so much more to the story, but this is just the gist of it. If you're wondering why I didn't leave him sooner, he would always apologize and say that he bought me something just to keep me there. I was also very, very afraid of him, and I still am, especially since he was involved in gangs at one point in time, and he's done some really shady stuff that he never told me about. Anyways, to end this story, to my ex-boyfriend, I really hope you get the help that you greatly need. You have the chance to change your life around. It's not too late. But please, stay far, far the hell away from me. Bye, everyone. So, this story might not be as scary as most, but it was a very creepy experience for me. This happened in mid-2020. I'm a female, and I was 22 years old at the time. I met up with a 30-something-year-old guy that I'd matched with on Bundle. I'll call him B. The day went well, and he ended up coming back to my place. Something that I highly regret. Now, it didn't really take long for the red flags to show. I agreed to be friends with benefits with him, as he hadn't been intimate with anyone for about two years, supposedly. But he didn't quite get the concept. I should also mention that all the previous friends with benefits relationships I've had would always involve very little texting, but B would be constantly texting and trying to call me, even while drunk and crying. He had a young daughter at the time, and he was saying that he wouldn't introduce her to any woman unless things started getting serious, which I admired and respected. But a few days after our first meetup, he asked if I would drive with him to Sydney to drop his daughter off to her mom. Now, I live in Canberra, Australia, so it's around a three to four hour drive, and I was very uncomfortable with that, as I had really only known him for a few days, and I wasn't really committed to meeting the daughter. He kept saying things like, I'll have a whole week without her, so I can stay with you, and I can make breakfast every morning. Considering that I also had a housemate who was very uncomfortable around him right from the start, I also hated the idea. I told him a week was a bit too much, which he was disappointed about, but understood. Now it gets to the more creepy part. He kept sending me messages like, How about you teach me how to be friends with benefits? And asking me for all sorts of advice on dating. The next day, he calls me distressed because his daughter was acting up. But when I asked him why, he explained that he showed her a photo from my Bumble account and that she wanted to meet the girl with the really pretty blue hair. But when he told her that she couldn't, she started having a tantrum and crying. He also gave me warnings about how his ex knew about me and was asking him questions like what I look like, where I live, what was my address, etc. I got really bad anxiety over that. But then he said, Oh, don't worry. I didn't tell her anything but your name. I don't want her to try and find you and beat you with a hammer. Yeah, so after that, I decided to cut him off, which made him upset. And he would try to call me constantly because I wasn't answering the next day. After he dropped his daughter off to daycare, he had then messaged me, asking, Are you mad at me? Can we please talk? I saw you walking to the shops. I'll meet you there so we can talk. Unfortunately for me, he was already there by the time I got inside. He cornered me and he wouldn't let me walk away until I started a full-blown panic attack 
and people were staring at that point. He then proceeded to tell me that he was in love with me. Major red flag, as it had only been like a week since we met, and all that shit happened in such a short time. I told him I'm done, and he let me leave. A few days later, he messages me again and again until I block him. Thankfully, he never tried to come to my house after that. A few months later, I get a message request from his ex, asking me all sorts of inappropriate sexual questions about him, and also calling him names, which at first was kind of funny, but then turned very creepy. I then unblocked B to ask if it was his ex, and why the hell she was messaging me all of a sudden. He confirmed it was in fact her, and he asked what kind of stuff she was saying. My friend and I still think B was messaging me as his ex, because some of the messages just weren't right. I'm sorry if my story is a bit all over the place. It's kind of hard to explain it, but to everyone out there, please be careful with who you meet up with from dating apps. This happened on September of last year. Me and my boyfriend of two years had just broken up, so I joined Tinder to keep my mind off of things. Well, I decided to go on a date with this guy. This was my first Tinder date, but we had been texting and he seemed really nice. He picked me up and he took me bowling. I have really bad social anxiety, so I don't really enjoy it that much, but it's still nice. After that, he invited me over to his place. I agreed because it sounded a lot better to me than being in a public place. His place was definitely not in a good area, and it kind of creeped me out, but I just ignored it because I don't live in the best neighborhood either. We went inside, and we laid on his bed. We started talking, and we watched a scary movie. He had then started talking about how he couldn't feel certain emotions that other people feel, like empathy or guilt. I didn't really know what to say or do, so I just stayed quiet. He then slowly ran his finger through the top of my chest to the bottom of my stomach and then said, Do you ever think about what the human body looks like on the inside? I was so scared. I didn't know what to do, so I just laughed. He went to go use the bathroom and I texted my friend telling him to call me and say it was an emergency. He came back and my friend then called me shortly after. I said that I had to go and I asked him to take me home. He said yes, but he had started making excuses like, I can't find my keys, and my car is really low on gas. It kind of took a while of me telling him that I really have to go before he eventually took me home. Even in the car though, he was taking forever just to pick a song, or even to just start the car. He drove me home and he asked if I had a good time. I said yes, and he replied back with, You know, I can always tell when people lie to me. I kind of just smiled and said, but I'm not, and got out. He watched me walk up my stairs, then left. I never heard back from him again after that, but I really, really hope no one else ever has to go through what I had to. It was really scary as hell. This is my first time really writing out what truly happened to me in 2020. And I know I'll probably get a lot of backlash for it, but I'll try to keep it short. I had just gotten out of a four-year relationship, and I was looking for something new, and I guess different. The first thing I did was download Tinder and start swiping, as any 23-year-old living on her own would do. One day I matched with a guy, let's call him KC. Now, KC was the complete opposite of what my previous ex was. He had tattoos all over his body was muscular, impulsive, etc., which is what first really attracted me to him, and I thought he was the coolest and hottest person I ever met. It was about a month into hanging out with him when I really wanted to be in a relationship with him because of all the things he did for me and all the sweet words he would shower me with. So by then, he had really wrapped me around his finger. However, he had told me that he had previously been in prison for nine years for theft, drugs, fighting, etc. Any red flags this man threw at me, I caught them and threw them right out the window. My 23-year-old mind didn't even care if he killed someone, because I was so determined to be with him for reasons that I honestly can't even explain. My mindset was, oh, I can save him and I can help him get his life back on track. However, 
the complete opposite happened, and my own life became completely derailed. I was aware of his drug addiction, and I was really trying to help him come off of it, but I had no idea what was in store for me. All of a sudden, I remember being invited to his friend's house, which was actually a trap house, and I was sitting on a couch watching him literally smoke meth. This was the first time that I ever really witnessed someone do, I guess, a hardcore drug. After that night, out of nowhere, he said, Stop fucking judging me. I can see it in your fucking eyes. And I looked at him like he was crazy, and I didn't say a word. Then he proceeds to say, You don't know what addiction's like. You shouldn't judge me and act like you're so much better than me. And I told him I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about because I didn't say a single thing to him. He would say things like this to me daily and tell me things like, I'm going through shit too. And it isn't always just about you. Things that would make me feel even more bad about the position he was in. However, all that came to a stop when one day I had allowed him to drive my car. I had no idea that he was high because I just picked him up right from a job that I helped him get. Next thing I know, we're flying down the highway, doing a 70 and a 45. Then all of a sudden, we hit a car that was about to turn out in front of us, and then we hit a cement bridge pole. I just remember the air being knocked out of me, and there was so much smoke. I then looked down, and half the fucking engine was literally on my lap. I looked at Casey, and he was tripping balls, so I just climbed out of the car. The paramedics and cops arrived pretty quickly, and I was being examined by them. All of a sudden, I heard one of the bystanders then say, Where did the driver go? And I was like, What the fuck do you mean, where did he go? Everyone then stopped to look around, and Casey was gone. He literally fled the scene. He ripped my car in half and just left me there. Fortunately for me, I didn't break any bones or have any serious injuries other than a concussion and my entire body looking like a purple smoothie. A couple of weeks later, I learned from the police that Casey actually had many warrants and he didn't even have a driver's license. I can honestly say that that was the worst day of my life. I've never felt so stupid. I guess what others can get from this is that you should always listen to red flags and really pay attention to the signs of narcissistic behavior. Casey, if you happen to hear this, and you'll know who you are. You really better hope that we never meet again. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This was a few years ago. I was about 18 or 19 and I had been single for a good while while focusing on work and school. One day... I was at one of my really good friend's house. We'll call her Blue. I was at her house for a family barbecue. She was talking about this online friend she had and she had showed me a picture, then telling me, this is Ryan. She told me how they met and he was 24. The age gap didn't really bother me as she said he was just a friend and Blue usually never met up with people she met online. I told her he seemed nice and after a while we had sat in her room and she was on FaceTime with them. I was doodling in my notebook and we had been dressed fairly nicely for the barbecue, so my hair and makeup were done. Anyway, at some point, Blue turns her phone and she has Ryan say hi to me. I looked up from my notebook and I waved, giving a small smile. I've never really been a sociable person. After a while of them talking, they had ended their chat and Blue had looked at me, smiling like a devil. The fuck did I do? I asked her, and just as I had, my phone vibrated. I looked at my phone, then at her. I slowly flipped it over, and on my notification bar was my Snapchat. So and so has added you. I opened it and saw a chat, and it read, Hey, don't be mad at Blue, but I thought you were really pretty with your glasses and the way your hair looked. So I asked her to give me your snap. I felt my face then blush, as I don't really handle compliments well. 
Blue started laughing, and she said, Come on, say something to him. I thought it was a bit weird that, as her own online friend, he would ask for my snap. But nonetheless, being naive and trying to be nice, I responded. Ryan was nice, but something felt off during our conversation. When we talked about where we lived, I told him I lived in San Jose, and he said he lived in Livermore. Now, for those of you who don't know, they're about a one-hour drive from each other, and at the time, my parents wouldn't let me drive that far. So for our first date, after much back and forth, we had planned to meet in Pleasanton, which is about 45 minutes. I hadn't taken into account the amount of freeway I'd have to drive, and Ryan said he couldn't make the drive because his mother had his car. Halfway there, though, I got really anxious, and I had to call Blue because my GPS had been driving through the woods to get around the traffic. When I finally got to the destination, Ryan had arrived a few minutes before me. I got out, and I apologized for my arrival. He said it was no problem. We went in, and we proceeded to play some mini-golf. After the sun went down, I checked the time, and I realized if I were to get home before curfew, I'd have to leave really soon. I told Ryan that I had a curfew and just how strict my parents were beforehand. When I told him I had to leave, his emotion changed. He went from joking and polite to serious and annoyed. He kept asking and bugging me to stay even longer. Would it really be so bad if you stayed? Just a bit longer. Can't we finish first? I kept trying to let him down easy, but I eventually gave him a really firm no. We returned to the golf clubs, and I walked to the cars. Even though I was now feeling a bit off, when he leaned in, I gave him a small hug. But I wasn't ready when he pulled me in and landed a kiss right on my lips. I pulled back and said goodnight, jumped in my car, and then left. I called Blue and ranted to her about the whole thing. She tried to calm me down about the whole thing, saying it was just first aid jitters and being out of the game. As I got close to home, we hung up and I tried to let it go. A few days later, I was at work and during some dead time, I was on my phone chatting with Blue and Ryan individually. Ryan wanted to meet up again and I was okay with it. He seemed a bit pushy but I paid it no mind. However, I probably should have blocked him. When it came to the day for us to hang out, I was at work and my shift was almost over. Now, my work is only 5-10 to 10 minutes away from where I live, and I had never given Ryan my exact address or had it available on Snap. Anyways, when it came to the day of our planned meetup, we were supposed to meet up on the fringe of San Jose because I still didn't want him knowing where I lived. I had told Blue, and she knew the whole plan. When it came to the day of, I was a few minutes away from getting off work, and Ryan texted me on Snap. He said that he needed a rain check. I asked if everything was okay, but he said that everything was fine, and that his mom just didn't want him driving all the way over here. I said no worries, but was a bit irked. As I had defied my strict parents, I lied to them and drove all the way out there to see him, but I guess I could chalk that up to childhood differences. After all that, the irk feeling passed relatively quickly. I left the chat and I had messaged my cousin Benny and my other friend Rez. I told them that my date rain checked and that we should have a movie night. They both replied yes, and after I texted my parents, I had put down my phone and did some quick cleaning. After I clocked out, I had sat in my car and checked some of the messages I had. Ryan had messaged me, saying something along the lines of, Oh hey, never mind, I can come down. And I would responded back, telling him, Oh sorry, after you rain checked, I texted my younger cousin and we made plans. He immediately seemed angry. He wanted me to cancel, and we got into a small fight. He kept saying that I should cancel on my cousin, who's honestly like a little sister to me. When I told him no, he canceled first, and we can just reschedule. He wouldn't have it. He eventually turned to Blue and started ranting to her. I turned off my phone and just went to pick up my cousin. We had our movie night, and it was fun. But the next day, after I took my cousin home, I looked at my phone and saw a shitload of messages from Ryan. The last one terrified me. He said he was on his way to see me. I called Blue and my tone was angry, irritated. I wasn't taking any shit. 
I asked straight away if she gave my address to Ryan. She stopped and said no. She got the hint and she asked what happened. I told her that he said he was on his way, that he was driving somewhere into San Jose, which admittedly is a big city. She said that she didn't give it to him and that she could reach out to him to see what was going on. She never got back to me, and to clarify, she really never did give him my address, but I just got on with my day. I was due to dog sit my Nana's elderly dog. He was a small dog, blind, and pretty deaf. I carried him in the kitchen as any mess would be really easy to clean from the tile. One of my good friends Sal joined me at my house and we joked about watching movies. About an hour into watching Curly the dog, I got a call. It was Ryan. He said he was at Bogany Park and he was three blocks away from my house. I muted my call and I looked at Sal. She asked if I was okay and I put my shoes on. I asked him when he got there. He said he'd been there just five minutes. As we'd met before, he'd seen my car before, and I was hoping he'd just drive straight through the park and not weave through the neighborhood. I checked on Curly quickly, and then Sal and I took off to the park. I walked the long way to approach from the opposite side of the park from where my house would be, and I saw him. He was just standing there doing backflips and looking around. Sal and I looked at each other, and we approached him slowly. He seemed like he was in a good mood, but I was still on edge. Hey, uh, so why this park? Was all I said. Well, you said the drive to Pleasanton was too far, so I thought I'd come to you. I took a moment and I figured that I didn't really want to know how he knew where I lived, so I just shut him down. Listen, you're sweet and thank you for coming out this way to, I don't know, say hi I guess? But this is a bit too much for me. He seemed really unfazed by what I had said and he told me he drove all the way down here so we could hang out. I told him that if he had messaged me beforehand, I would have told him I'd be busy today. I was dog-sitting, and I wouldn't be able to. He said that we could just hang out here, and that I could bring the dog, and that we can just chill here. I told him that wasn't a good idea, and the dog wasn't friendly. He offered for us to get into his car so he could drive us, or at least me to my place. I knew that there was no more letting him down gently. I looked at him and said, Look, you drove here some blocks from where I live. I don't know how you found this park, but I'm not interested. The weird kiss, the pushiness, I'm not into it. I'm not going to get into your car. This is done. Go ahead, complain to Blue or whatever. You're giving me the creeps. At this point, I knew that my temper got the best of me. Sal had gotten into the conversation, and she then pulled me away for us to walk back the way we came. Another adult... A father to one of the kids at the playground had taken notice of this, and he stopped him from following us. When I finally got home, I locked all of the doors and I blocked him on Snap and deleted his number. I gave Blue a call and I told her what happened. She calmed me down a bit and she told me she was going to block him too. It's now been three or four years, and I still remember how he tried to turn the whole thing on me. How he had called Blue and she just played along with it before hanging up and blocking him. We still don't know how he got so close to my house. After that, no matter how much I wanted to rebel against my parents, I was always very cautious when it came to dating. For a bit of background information, I'm a 14-year-old female. I wasn't allowed to use social media until just last year, which is a bit late for my age. My parents had warned me of all the dangers of using social media, whether it be predators, stalkers, hackers, or other crazy things you might think of. But being the naive teen that I am, those warnings just went in one ear and out the other. I was enjoying a typical Monday evening, as one would normally do, when I got a Snapchat notification on my phone. I saw that I had gotten a friend request from someone named John, who I didn't recognize. Now, I don't normally accept friend requests from people I don't know or recognize, but I was bored and stupid, so I added him back. Sometime within the next three minutes, I got a notification saying, John sent you a chat. So I clicked on it to read the message. He was just saying hi, so I responded, and we had made normal conversation for a while. Talking about our hobbies, music tastes, and I even think we mentioned Billie Eilish's new album. At some point, he had asked me how old I was. 
So, being the stupid person I am, I told him I was 14. Then I returned the question, and he told me he was 22. I didn't think too much of this at first, because I do get a lot of older men commenting and liking my posts on Instagram. So, I figured I would just wait to see what he wanted, and then block him. So, stupidly, I continued chatting with him. He then asked me, So, do you have a boyfriend? I told him I didn't, but I also told him I have a girlfriend, and that I'm a lesbian. Which are both true. That didn't really seem to phase him in the least, though. Because he seemed pretty excited about the fact that I liked women. He then asked me to tell him how I found out I was gay, and he wanted me to tell him all about homosexuality. I told him the story, and he then asked, So, how do women have sex? At this point, I was starting to feel a bit uncomfortable, but I still responded. This time I lied, and I said, I don't really know. I mean, I'm only 14, so I don't really know too much about that stuff. I really couldn't believe this guy was asking me this. It's like he just wanted to hear me explain it. Because come on, dude. You're 22. You should know this stuff more than me. Even I know this, and I'm 14. We then exchanged Instagrams, and we began talking on there. The topic soon changed, and we started talking about songwriting. I'm a singer-songwriter, and I've released a few songs on the internet. So this topic is always very interesting to me. I got lost in conversation, and completely forgot about his previous question. He wanted my YouTube channel so he could listen to my music, so I gave it to him. He then sent me a message that made me so disgusted I wanted to throw up. I just subscribed, baby. The fact that a 22-year-old man has the audacity to call a 14-year-old baby is just absolutely horrifying. I told him I was uncomfortable with it, and he said, That's not normal? Don't other people call you that? Why is it bad? Uh, well, because I'm a minor. Is what I said back. Age doesn't always mean maturity, but you're very mature for your age. He said. Uh, no. It's honestly really unsettling to hear that coming from someone almost 10 years older than me. I said. Okay, fine. We'll still be friends though. He said. My dumb self should have blocked him right there. But I wanted to wait and see what else would happen. I thought that I'd take a break from my phone for a little bit. So I put it on silent and then went downstairs to go read a book for a while. When I came back upstairs, I had three new messages from John. All of them were disgusting. My girlfriend sent me these. Right below that message was a string of videos of a girl who I can only assume to be John's girlfriend. And she was taking off her clothes and showing her tits. I honestly couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe that a 22-year-old man would send these kind of videos to a 14-year-old. At this point, I was just about fuming. Um, aren't those supposed to be private? No, she works in the porn industry, so she's pretty open-minded. And I thought that you would like them since you're into women. Don't you like them? He said. No, I don't like them. I'm really disgusted that you would send a 14-year-old girl porn. You're a pedophile, and I can get you arrested for this. That seemed to have scared him, because he began continuously apologizing and telling me he didn't mean it. I told him to just fuck off and stay blocked. I blocked him on Instagram, and I had reported his account for sexual harassment involving a minor, and I went about my business. I guess I must have forgotten to block him on Snapchat, because he messaged me there, then saying, Why did you block me? I thought we were friends. Please unblock me so we can talk some more. I think you're really beautiful, and I want to be your friend. I blocked him immediately, and luckily, I never heard from him again. It made me so uneasy that a 22-year-old man with a girlfriend would prey on a young 14-year-old girl with no shame, and then send her porn, pretending it was a friendly interaction. This is why I switched all of my accounts to private, and I never accepted requests from people I didn't know ever again. If you're using social media, please stay safe and be aware of everything you post because there's a lot of creeps out there who are willing to do everything they can to get what they want from you. And to John, the man who preyed on me online, please, don't ever contact me again. I don't know if you would find this scary, but it's definitely creepy to say the least. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This happened back in 2020, right when the pandemic was at its highest, specifically in December. I've just turned 18 years old and I'm a female. Due to the restrictions of having small parties or no parties at all for the holidays, my parents and I decided to do a car parade. I only invited my closest friends, so it wasn't anything big. My birthday was the day before the car parade, so I posted a selfie on my Snapchat story. I rarely post on it now, since Snapchat is kind of pointless these days. I received many birthday greetings from friends and acquaintances, so I had a really great birthday. Although the next day, I had woke up in the morning and were making meal preparations for the car parade. Instead of having the guests stay over, we decided to make the food and then put them into styrofoam boxes and hand them out. While my parents were getting ready to cook that morning, I had got a text on Snapchat from a guy I've known since my freshman year of high school. To give some background information, he was a junior when I was a freshman. How we knew each other is that he was a teacher's assistant for one of my teachers. I sat in the farthest side of the room, so he was beside me most of the time. Anyways, we had stopped talking ever since that time, and I somehow got a Snapchat. Let's call him Rick for this story. I had opened the Snapchat to see that Rick had greeted me a belated birthday. I didn't think much of it. Just another acquaintance greeting me happy birthday. I told him thank you and went on with my morning. About one or two minutes later, Rick texted me back. From then on, it had started off as a normal conversation. He asked what I was doing and I told him that I was preparing for the car parade that I was throwing. I thought that I was going to catch up with him because it had really been a while since we last talked. Primarily because he went off to the military after he graduated high school. Since we texted continuously, I'm not really the type of person who likes to continue the conversation after a certain amount of time, especially if I have rare interest in the person. So my dad and I were getting ready to head out to go get balloons and my birthday cake. I didn't have my license nor my own car at the time, so I couldn't get them myself. While I was waiting for my dad to put his shoes on, Rick continued to text me. I don't really remember what he exactly said or what led up to this moment, but he then said something like, Let me snatch you up. Something around those lines. In my mind, I was like, um, okay... I thought he was joking, so I replied back with, Laughing my ass off, you're joking, right? With a crying laughing face emoji after that. His reply to that made me tense up and very uncomfortable. Maybe I wasn't kidding. He said, What the fuck? Now I have anxiety. After reading that comment, it made me start to hyperventilate. I then told him that I have to run some errands and hoping that he'll stop texting me after that. I didn't plan on texting him again for the whole day after that whole conversation. And you know what? Later that evening, after the car parade and blowing out the candles and the cake, that creep texted me again. In the back of my mind, I was like, ugh, why is he texting me again? However, when I had opened the message, I had really cringed so hard. Hey cutie, how's it going? Is what he said. Honestly, that name just makes me cringe and it really makes me uncomfortable. Especially coming from a guy that I haven't talked to in a long time. So I replied back with a, Hey, not wanting to seem rude. He then asked me what I was doing. So I told him that we just finished the car parade. He then said, Why don't you let me see you, cutie? Oh hell no. He's one of those guys. Right at that moment, I had started to shake. My anxiety started to rise once again. All I felt was nervousness, scared, angry, and guilt at that moment. I'm not that stupid to give in and send a picture of me to him. I replied back with a no with the skull emoji, and he said, What? Why not? With a sad emoji, trying to make me feel sympathetic and give in. Yeah, right. I replied back with a, Because I said so. About a minute later, he'd send me a picture. 
It was a picture of himself holding a finger gun to his head, captioned, Pew. In my mind, I was like, um, okay, what do you want me to do about it? Is that pic supposed to make me feel guilty? I just said in the chat a simple LOL and exited out of the app. He then kept begging me to send a picture of me, but instead, I replied with either no or just me trying to dodge the question. My responses were just starting to get more bland. That's not really like me, but that's because he made me highly uncomfortable. Now, you're probably wondering why I didn't just immediately block him. I guess it didn't really cross my mind at the time, because I was just overwhelmed and anxious that I didn't think anything else other than having to deal with him longer. Really dumb on my part. Anyways, I didn't tell my parents nor any of my friends while I was having the conversation with them. However, our conversation finally ended after I finally told him how uncomfortable I felt when I was talking to him. To be honest, I'm not usually that straightforward with others because again, I get really anxious and I also tend to overthink way too many things. When I told him that, he finally got the idea. Dumbass should have gotten the idea when I said no in the first place. Since then, the conversation died down and the next day I just blocked him. For the next few days to a week, I couldn't stop thinking back to that conversation. What made me heavily think about it is the fact that he texted me out of nowhere when he saw I just turned 18. Isn't that a coincidence? A guy that I've known since freshman year and has never spoken a word to me for two to four years all of a sudden tries to flirt me up after I've turned 18. Yeah, it should be quite obvious. I never thought I would have to deal with a situation like this because I'm a really reserved person as well. So I try to avoid the situations as much as possible. But apparently that didn't happen. To all of you out there, please be aware of these signs and just instantly block the person. Don't deal with them any longer. Don't do the same shit that I did. Just block them from the start when you start to get the uncomfortable vibe from them. So during my freshman year of college, I had a boyfriend who I had just broken up with. And as a young naive freshman in college, I was broken up about it. This was right around the time that I first met my stalker, Scott. Scott was weird as hell, and I really had no interest in him whatsoever. He was once outside my dorm building, and he asked me a question. It was something along the lines of asking me out. I told him no, and that I had a boyfriend, which was obviously a lie. I then proceeded to move on from that conversation and interaction, and forgot all about Scott. That conversation took place in the fall semester. So, right as the year was ending, and I was finally back home for the summer, I received a Facebook message from Scott basically saying hi, which then proceeded to tell me that I needed to answer him, or he would hurt me. I kid you not, he sent the same exact message over a hundred times. Yes, I counted it. It was terrifying, and I called my mom and I told her what happened and how I barely know this guy, and that we only had a one, two second interaction. While I'm on the phone, he had started to write more messages, but these messages were different ones. It was as if he was having a conversation with me, but without me actually responding. One second he was telling me how much he loved me, and then the next was all about how he wanted to hurt me and how he was going to kill me. As you can imagine, after all that, I blocked him. At that point, my mom made me call the police, who came out and took a report, and they basically just told me to report him to the school. My dad ended up calling my school, and he told them that this guy shouldn't be in the same dorm building as me when I returned from fall semester, but they told him that until he physically hurts me, they can't do that. So until he actually went through with his threats, I had to just wait around and watch my back. So after blocking about five different pages from Scott, I didn't hear from him for the rest of the summer. Fall semester rolls around, and I didn't see him the first couple of weeks, and then one day... Right as I was eating in the cafeteria with one of my friends, he walks up behind me, places a gift bag on my table, and walks away. I tell my friend to throw it away, and she says no, she's going to open it. I didn't want to open it because he then may have gotten the idea that I liked him, and at that point, he was totally psychotic in my opinion. She opens it up, and it's my two favorite candies, which, how the hell did he even know that? After thinking about it, a few days later, I remembered that I had a model mayhem profile 
that stated my favorite candy. He obviously searched the internet for me. Anyways, there was also a letter stating that he was very sorry, blah blah blah. So after that day, it was quiet for a while. I would see him, and he would always stare me down very creepily. You know how you stare out of the side of your eyes? Yeah, that kind of stare. So I decided to leave my school and transfer to another school that spring. After leaving, I received more messages from him, and I blocked profile after profile. He then tweeted me a bunch of random crazy threats, and somehow he had got my mom's phone number. My mom ended up contacting his mother, since that was the number he was calling from, and she found out why Scott was stalking me and sending me threatening messages. First and foremost, his mom said that Scott was 26, which is really crazy to think that they allowed a 26-year-old to live in dorms with 17- and 18-year-olds. I think college apartments should be for 26-year-olds. Heck, I'm 28 now, and I would never live in a dorm room. Anyways, she also found out that Scott had schizophrenia, and when he didn't take his meds, he would hear my voice in his head. Reminder, I only met this guy once. We had a very small interaction, and after that, never even spoke again. How could my voice be stuck in his head? She then proceeded to say that she would make sure he took his medication so that he would no longer contact me. I decided that this was enough and that I needed to get an order of protection against him to have some sort of protection legally. Not that it would make him stay away. It was more of a protection in my head and I never did hear from him again. So Scott, if you happen to hear this and you know who you are, I sincerely hope that you never contact me again. Hi, you can call me Angie. Alright, so this just happened recently. On March, I was doing some homework, and I was really, really bored on my phone with nobody to talk to. And so I made the dumb decision to open up my laptop and go to this website called Omegle, where you can find strangers you can talk with. I wanted to look for friends. I connected with fun people, but at the same time, encountered weird old men that were lurking around the website. I tried my best to avoid those people. When I was about to log off and go to bed, I connected with a guy who didn't show his face. Hey, wait, don't skip, he said. He then proceeded to shower me with compliments, and I got really flattered. I asked him how old he was, and he told me he's 18. He was really kind and sweet. You want to continue talking somewhere else? He asked. Sure, I said. And so he sent me his Instagram account, which is privated. I wasn't really looking for anyone to date, but I thought he'd be a good friend to talk to. Time passes by and everything was normal. We had talked all the time. Hey, mind if you add me on Snapchat? He asked me. I don't really use Snapchat that much, but I still said yes. We switched to talking on Snapchat, unlike before when we talked on Instagram. It went as normal as always, until he got all serious and he asked me to send him a picture of my naked body. It was a sudden and bizarre question, which gave me a surprise. I wasn't stupid enough to not know what he was trying to do, and so I immediately said no. I said no multiple times, but he just kept on insisting, right to the point where he sounded angry and scary. Me finally giving in, being careless and mindless, I had sent him a few snaps of my body out of guilt because I thought that was the only way to make him stop. I cried that night, thinking of what I just did and how low of a person I am. One time he admitted that he actually lied to me about his age, and he's actually 20. I became even more guilty about the fact that he's literally an adult. On some days, he'd even beg me to send him pictures even when I was busy with my online classes. I said no straight up, and he'd get mad at me, and so I'd just ignore it and use my homework as an excuse. One day, he asked me to send him pictures once again, but this time I refused for real. I gathered all of my courage to confront him. I told him to stop and just leave, and I told him what he's doing is really wrong, especially that I'm a minor. He got really mad, and he told me that it's my fault for not leaving when I had the chance. The more I thought about it, he was kind of right, but still, I got really mad and annoyed, me still being stupid and not blocking him when I had the chance. I went on ignoring him for about three weeks, and he suddenly stopped sending me messages. Then time passed by, and I got a notification from my phone. 
It was from him. I gathered all my courage and I read it. It was a long message. My heart sank. He told me that he's part of some group and that the group apparently knows what's been happening between us. He told me that if I refuse even further, they'll come pay me a visit. Are you blackmailing me? I asked with fear and anger at the same time. He didn't answer the question. Is this some type of joke or something? I asked. Believe whatever you want. Don't go disappearing on me now, he said. Now, I didn't entirely believe him, and so I tried to be smug, and then annoyingly replied back to his messages with, You really think I'd fall for that? Please. I mean, are you really that desperate? I wanted to get to his nurse because I was furious on what he was doing. What happens if I say no? I asked teasingly. Once we set eyes on you, we'll never stop. We'll go for you, your family, and we have your location on the map. This isn't some joke. I want you, and I will have you, he said. My heart once again dropped. My mood suddenly changed. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to tell somebody. I don't want to tell this to the police nor my family, though. I immediately told it to a close friend of mine, just in case. And they told me to calm down and that everything will be alright. And they told me the guy's just sick in his head and he's probably just bluffing. I calmed down a little bit, but I couldn't help but to worry. I can very easily leak all of your pics that I saved and I can send it to anybody I want. Your friends, your entire family. That's when I actually froze. I think I'm going to visit you around November because it's your birth month, he said. My eyes widened. How the fuck did he know my birthday? I didn't tell him anything about it. So what's your call? He asked. I still insisted with all of my might. I've already said no like a thousand times now. I said angrily. We'll just see about that. I'll be seeing you. That was the last message he sent. I still haven't told this story to anybody. I don't even know if I should believe him or not. Time is running and it's getting really close to November. I'm absolutely terrified if it'll happen. I was on Instagram and I had met a man who at the time I thought his name was Antonio Martinez. I'm not going to disclose his exact- You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Location. But I'll just say that he's from the East Coast of the United States. He seemed really cool at first. And a smooth talker. He was telling me that he grew up in Europe, particularly in Germany, and he had traveled all over the world and had been to 55 countries and all 50 states. I was like, wow, this guy's cool as shit. After a week, he had started getting R-rated with the questions, asking me if I wear thongs and if I shave my lady parts and how often I had sex. I was a little taken aback by the questions, but since he was such a smooth talker, and the fact that we both liked pizza and soccer, and I thought he was Latino at the time, I had a liking for him. But after a while, I had started to feel like he was possibly full of shit with everything he was saying, and he was really making me uncomfortable with all the thong questions that he was asking me every day. I had sent him pictures of all the thongs I had, and I didn't really have a problem doing it because I really liked it at first. But after a month though, the conversation started getting just a little too repetitive. I mean, every day he would ask me the same questions. What color thong are you wearing? Can you show me your ass? I even tried giving him a clue, hoping he would lay off these questions. After a while, I had started getting skeptical of him, because I would always ask him, Don't you need to get ready for work? Because we talk late at night, and during the summers, there's a three-hour time zone difference between where I'm from and the east coast of the United States. The more I started talking to him, though, the more I was starting to feel like he was totally full of shit, and he wasn't who he said he was. Around early of July 2016, I had gotten a new pet, so I had taken a break from texting people other than my family, 
Well, Antonia proceeded to text me like over 200 times in just three days. Are you serious? I don't think I've even texted my mom that much in the last six years. But despite all that shit, I still try to give him the benefit of the doubt. I sent him a message saying that I'm sorry that I haven't texted you, but that I haven't done anything wrong and that I just got a new pet dog and that I needed to tend to him and that he was really sick and to just be patient. I'll text him back when I can. It worked and he had stopped texting me for a few days. We talked a few days later and the contents of the conversation just got raunchy again. I sent him another picture of me in my thong and I even took off my clothes in cinema mode with all the clothes I was wearing on my bed. I needed a break from him though. He needed to learn boundaries and that there are other people in my life besides him. He kept bombarding me with text after text on that Saturday. He then texted me about how his uncle was apparently brutally murdered in Chicago. Being the nice person that I am, I responded back saying that I'm very sorry about his uncle and I hope everything's well. Once again, he asked me what color thong I was wearing. He also asked me if I wanted to see what color boxers he had. Now, in my mind, I was like, what the fuck? You mean to tell me your uncle was brutally murdered and all you're thinking right now is about thong panties and wanting to have sex? If that was my own family dying, I wouldn't think about nothing but my uncle and I'd probably be sleeping for days. He then asked me if we're still cool and I said yes, but I was really getting sick of this dude. But I didn't know how to cut it off because I was getting this vibe at this point that this guy didn't know how to take rejection well. Two days later on Monday, he texts me saying how I'm doing and how is the puppy. I told him I was training him and it's going really well. I was trying not to talk to him and I was hoping he would just move on. I turned off my phone and when I turned it back on, Antonio sent me texts like, You're a stupid bitch and you're a fake ass hoe. The last thing I texted him was, Fuck you for talking to me like that. Leave me the hell alone. And I then proceeded to block him on Instagram and Twitter. Now, you would think this would be the end of it and that we'd both move on. But no, not Antonio. He then texted me the following disturbing words. So you're avoiding me, huh? I'm going to take a gun and shoot up your friends and family. I've been dreaming about doing this. That scared the fuck out of me and I was about to go to the police on him but I decided to let it go and I thought there would be nothing of it. I then blocked his number, but the next day, he leaves three more disturbing threatening voice messages saying he was going to go Paul Bernardo on me and don't ever come to his home state. I proceeded to change my number thinking it would be over, but no, it wouldn't. This dude turned out to be a crazy creepy serial stalker who had done this before to numerous women, which I would find out later. Over the next couple of weeks, he would proceed to create fake Instagram accounts trying to add me. I figured it was him because he would create the accounts with the names of my favorite teams and he even created an account of my dead dog. I would block all of them. It then proceeds to get much worse. He then started making fake ass Instagram accounts and he started harassing and threatening my sister and all of her friends saying he was going to sell us to ISIS. I was getting really creeped out and very uncomfortable. I was afraid though. Even though I was on the East Coast, was he going to try to come where I'm at to find me? I still try to dismiss it and say nothing of it. But on one Sunday, I got a knock at the door and lo and behold, it was a pizza from Papa John's, which I hadn't ordered. But I looked at the name on the receipt and it had another name that I didn't recognize. Antonio told me in one of the messages that Antonio Martinez wasn't his real name as well as his phone number, which I've blocked. I got so creeped out and I literally pissed my pants. Now he knows where I live. How the fuck does he know where I live? I mean, I never once gave him my address. I talked it over with my family and I called the local police. They said to just go ahead and submit a tip to the FBI, which I did. And I told the FBI all about the things that had been happening for the past month and to please do something about this guy. A week later, Antonia proceeded to create a fake LinkedIn account and found my sister's email and he proceeded to threaten or harass her again saying once again that he was going to sell her to ISIS and that he wanted to enslave our whole family. Thankfully, I had a friend in the military by the name of Gervice who was able to do a background check on this Antonio dude. And as I already knew, I discovered that Antonio Martinez wasn't his real name 
I'm not going to disclose his actual name, but I'll just say it was a traditional American sounding name. Then come to find out that Antonio lied about his ethnicity. He wasn't even Latino. He was just a regular mixed black and white dude. Everything he told me was a lie. He had never owned a passport a day in his life. In fact, he hadn't even traveled to 20 states. He lied about his religion and he said he was Catholic. No, he wasn't. He grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. He even lied about his height. He claimed that he was 6'2", but when Gervais checked his ID, it said he was only 5'8". Gervais emailed him using his real name and had a conversation, and Antonio finally promised that he would leave us alone. For a few days, everything seemed cool, but Antonio doesn't take no for an answer. He then proceeded to email my mother from her work email from where she worked and threatened and harassed her. How the fuck did he get her work email? Because I damn sure didn't tell him. Unfortunately, I did tell him the names of my parents, which I really regret looking back now because it only got worse from there. He proceeded to leave threatening voice messages on my mom's work voicemail. He even threatened the coworker who had answered the phone in the front office at my mom's job. He sent so many threatening emails that they actually had to shut down her email for a while. He proceeded to create more fake Instagram accounts, threatening all my friends and family, and sending disgusting, disturbing letters to my actual address. Everybody was really scared for their lives. This dude was just a crazy, full-blown stalker. Me and my sister and my friend Gervais shut down our emails and we created new ones just so he wouldn't contact us. He then sent me another threatening email saying he was going to cut his wrist and that he wanted to talk to me one last time. Gervais was able to find his phone number and proceeded to talk to him and he told him to leave us alone and that if he contacted us again, he would go to the east coast where he was and he would knock him the fuck out. Also, right around this time, I got a letter from the FBI's field office from where Antonio lived saying that they had an active open investigation against him. We also found out that he didn't even work and was collecting a social security check and was on section 8. A few days later, Antonio called my mother's job and proceeded to make a bomb threat, not once, but three separate times, and he even did a swatting call on us. They came to our house and they broke down our doors and we had guns pointed to our heads. Can you believe that all this shit happened because he couldn't take rejection? All because I blocked him on Instagram and he couldn't move on. It got so bad that we even considered selling our house just so he wouldn't find us. It gets even worse though. A couple of days after that, I got another letter. But this time he used his actual government name on the letter. I proceeded to go to the local police officer and I asked them to open it. When they opened up the letter, in the contents of it contained an unrolled condom. The letter also said that I wouldn't be able to hide because he would track me down. The local police called him and they told him to stop, but Antonio still wouldn't listen. He was still sending pizza and Chinese orders to our house and even to my mom's job. He still proceeded to send threatening pictures to my mom's work email of pictures of burned, charred, and chopped up bodies. But then, on my mother's birthday, the best news happened. We got a call from the FBI agent that was investigating his case, notifying us that Antonio's finally been arrested and we were so fucking relieved. We also found out that Antonio got numerous complaints from multiple women for years, and some of them had nearly gotten beaten up numerous times. We saw his mugshot, but we could tell from the picture that he wasn't mentally right in the head, and his head wasn't fully on a swivel. He spent almost a year in jail. He was given time served and three years of probation. I did come to find out that he has Asperger's Syndrome, and that he had a lot of mental issues and was severely abused as a child. Thankfully, he hasn't tried to contact us, and I haven't heard from him since. I really, really hope that he's gotten the help that he needed. To Antonio, I really wonder, was all this worth going to jail for? But most importantly, I pray and hope that I never have to talk to you again for the rest of my life. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. 
Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 